Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to the Creator Spotlight, the interview portion of the Spotlight here on Fightful. I am Steven Jensen, joined as always by Jeremy Lambert. And our guest today is the master of the flip-flop chop. He is he is Bikini Bottom's favorite wrestler. He is the castaway. He is CMD. I know this man by a lot of names. I've fallen for a long time. We have Cabana <laughs> Man Dan in the house today. Dan, how are you doing, man? Thanks for joining us. Uh, I'm doing great, Steven. Jeremy, thank you for having me. And Bikini Bottom's most dangerous, Dan, just... Wow, you really pulled that one out of uh, left or right field. So I'm, uh, that 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 made me smile pretty hard on the inside. So I forgot about that one. Man, I, I was actually thinking about it. Like I, I usually kind of just go off the cuff for these intros, and I try to think about like you know just things about about y'all that like that I remember. And I, I'm a big fan of Southern Underground Pro. Uh, that's where I really started seeing you like often live when I lived in Nashville. We talked before. It's been years though since like we did anything like recorded or anything like that. So like. A lot to talk about, and you've done a lot throughout your career. You've been around a long time. People might not know this, but you started wrestling like around the year 2000, right? Yeah, I started training in 2001. Um, I, I've been backyard wrestling since like 99, 98, and then uh, found an outlaw show in the back of an antique store, and that's why I uh, learned to wrestle, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, who who actually like broke you into wrestling for people who may not know kind of like your history, like getting into the business of wrestling? Uh, I was trained at Wrestling Christian Fellowship by Chief Little Lynn was my initial trainer. And the show shut down about a year later. And this was before social media and we didn't know where to go. So <laughs> we just uh, we, we got literal word of mouth and found other shows and, you know, just started wrestling wherever we could and uh, outlaw shows and uh Got trained more by uh, Jack Lord, Todd Zane, uh, Dan Sawyer, Adam Roberts, Patrick Bentley, and some uh, just anytime I could get into a ring before the show, even with, with like Lash LaRue or or take seminars, uh, took a bunch with uh, Quackenbush back in the day and uh, um, just anybody, you know, Steamboat, Gangrel. Just I have a whole list somewhere. I mean, I can send you my resume and it's like really, really long as far as. Uh, as far as seminars and stuff, but I mean, you never really stop training and I always try to hop in the ring before shows and work out with anybody. Now, someone you just mentioned, I don't know, Jerry, I don't want to take any questions from you, Jeremy, but someone, someone you just mentioned, Caban Man Dan, Lash LaRue just recently made his return 13 years away from wrestling, just wrestled, wrestled Joey Janela at GCW. Um, how does that feel as someone who like knew him back then seeing him like couple, cause I was always, I was a Raging Cajun fan back in the WCW days. I was a WCW kid. So like, um, yeah, how's that feel seeing that like like just like last weekend? Oh, uh, it was great. Um, you know, back in the day, we worked a lot of the, the same Alabama shows, um, and he was the type of guy. You know, he even though he was a TV guy, uh, fresh back on the Indies, he was in the ring with greenhorns like me, working out and trying to uh, spread some knowledge anytime he could. And you know, I saw it again at Top Guy Weekend over the summer. He was at Rocket City Championship Wrestling in in Huntsville, and after everybody left he hopped in the ring and you could see that spark and twinkle in his eye and he pulled one of the trainees 
into the ring and started bumping him around. And I was like, okay, he, he wants to do this again. And then he started cutting a promo and that's whenever, uh, I think he was announced for GCW within the next week, you know? So it was cool. Um, I, I did want to ask about the bikini bottom stuff because I'm a big SpongeBob fan and obviously I, I assume it has to come from the SpongeBob. So I just need to know more about the origins of this nickname here. Uh, well, it was a cross between like, uh, Ken Shamrock being the most dangerous man. And then, uh, back when I first started before I had any like wrestling gear, I used to wrestle in, uh, just yellow board shorts and I would come out with, uh, a, a yellow shirt that just had SpongeBob's face on it. And the whole shirt was the rest of SpongeBob. And it was like an angry grr face. So I would come out with that. And then I had a straw hat and a grass skirt and just whatever I could find back in the day to, to really get into a, a fun Islander character. I just put it on there and I really loved uh, SpongeBob then and now. And, um, you know, I just, I tied that in. And then with Southern Underground Pro, I was like, you know, let's just go, you know, let's just really go there. And uh, we did Bikini Bottom's most dangerous Dan instead of man. So I like Dan and man puns. Uh, so it just, it all kind of worked together great. Yeah, and one more, one more SpongeBob question before Jensen yells at me. No, no, no. He wants to ask about all the wrestling no, no, no. stuff. No, this, this, people want to know this kind of stuff. So yes. I, just, I just don't know a lot about SpongeBob, and I do apologize. I think during my intro, I said Bikini Bottom's favorite wrestler. It had been a while since I heard that intro. Uh, you yes. called that, so fair, fair, fair enough. But yes, <laughs> Bikini Bottom's most dangerous Dan to be. Yes. I mean, all maybe even their most favorite wrestler. There was the episode where Patrick and SpongeBob wrestled each other. So I mean, maybe Patrick and SpongeBob are. More favorites than Dan, but we'll give Dan the nod saying Bikini Bottom. Where are they at? Him. Yeah, that's right. Who have they ever so. beaten? <laughs> Technically, that match went to a draw, so that's nobody right. won that thing. Um, I was going to ask, like, kind of favorite SpongeBob episodes? Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. My dog just jumped on the cord and almost <laughs> yanked my laptop off the off the table. Um, oh, gosh. I just got into a, a long like binge and then there was some there was one on twitter that's like hey stop what you're doing and watch this episode of spongebob and i was like well i don't work i'll just stop what i'm doing and just watch this episode <laughs> of spongebob and it it was whenever um spongebob came up with the the colorful crabby pat the, the oh yeah. yes and the then uh, Mr. yeah the pretty patties and yes. then uh and then um mr krabs you know swindled him and stole it from him gave him the crusty crab and then and then those uh, pretty patties like made everybody sick and turn colors and stuff and wanted their million dollars of refunds and he ran away. So that, 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 that is my current favorite because that's the most recent one. That's how my mind works. Fair enough on that. I bring that episode up a lot with uh, I have kids and they like to, you know, have the Play-Doh and stuff. They'll mash the Play-Doh and it's like, here, it's a pancake. I was like, there's this SpongeBob episode where it's just different colors of hamburgers out there. Jensen, I will turn it back over to you for, for the wrestling <laughs> side of things. No, dude, it all goes hand in hand because no, I thought it was smart. Like, um, southern, you know, sub wraps, like especially coming out and um, with like the, the coconut and the glasses and the flip flops and the whole thing worked really, really well. One of my favorite moments from kind of that era was when you I can't remember the full team, but it was it was like Team Sup represented in like the collective weekend, like and. That was just a really cool moment, just like seeing you guys like out there in front of like kind of like the bigger stage too. Because I once again, I know I know wrestling has to have changed a lot since. I mean, just even the distribution alone of wrestling has changed a ton since you've been involved. Um, so can you speak to kind of that? Like, I guess kind of um, 
just how how much wrestling has changed. Not, not like like how how big independent wrestling has become, and like how many people can watch it now versus like back when you started doing this. Well, it has changed a lot. First thing, it's like everything is instantaneous, and the delivery of wrestling is. Uh... It's okay. One second, You're I'm good. gonna go put you in the bathroom. Hold on. A second. You're good. The dog has had a run in. The dog made a run in on this show. Your man, man, Dan's gonna go heel on the dog. In the yeah. background. Oh, 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 never mind. Didn't go heel. Went total baby face. I actually went to a uh, off topic. I actually went to a uh, pet store yesterday just to uh, look around at some some animals and didn't get anything, but I did uh, pet the bunnies and a Yorkie. So oh. putting that out there. Okay. Well, I mean, like I said, it's. Like my style, you know, hasn't changed a whole lot in this whole time, but everything else around it has. Uh, back in the day, like maybe like mid 2000s, you know, we started getting that X division and that Ring of Honor style. And then Scott Hensley will coin that me and Christian Haim kind of adopted that style and started doing it in Alabama first. And uh, I'm blown up just from running across the house. I'm so sorry. <laughs> But uh, I mean, the main thing is just the distribution and the word of mouth of how to get get uh, your shows out. That, that's the biggest part of it. And social media changed independent wrestling. Uh, even from whenever I took a break in 2010 and came back in 2016, it was like light years in that six years than what than what it was as far as the delivery of it. What uh, what made you leave, and then what made you come back uh, in that time? Well, I was wrestling at a show in Piedmont, Alabama, called Pro South. It's a weekly show on. YouTube every Friday, even now. And uh, I was wrestling Christian Haim and everything was fine. And then two days later, I woke up with like a severely pinched nerve in my neck that paralyzed my arm from the elbow down and uh, drew, drew my hand up like this and I couldn't, couldn't use it. Mm. And uh, at that time, you know, I didn't have a kid yet. I was working on my hands a lot and I was like, wow, this is really serious. Um, so I took six years off. I was going through uh, some therapy on my neck and just to alleviate that. And, you know, the feeling came back and I can use my hand. And then, uh, I just took a break. I was like, this is a sign. And then the scene wasn't really great. Uh, it was just the same guys and just outlaw shows. Like I didn't know really a lot beyond, uh, Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee at that time. You know, I think I traveled outside of the South like two times to IWA mid South and to Chikara. Um, but, uh, what brought me back was new South, um and central alabama that was the main one uh dump sanders and uh chris mckinnis and christian Haim were there and they invited me to come check out one of their shows they were they were doing something special is what they said so i, I came and checked out the show uh started working uh at commentary and backstage but it wasn't until i watched a triple threat tag match between team iou which is now the carnies versus mm -hmm. viking war party which was uh warhorse and herzog and Roscoe Eat Lisa. So, I mean, these are like some names from the past, and they just killed it, especially, uh, you know, the Carnies. They brought back, and I'll, I'll credit Nick and Carrie to this day of bringing that, that, that magic back to me in wrestling, that you can be entertaining, you can do these crazy moves, and you can get the crowd invested in what you're doing. And they got me invested. I was sitting right next to, uh, to Donnie Primetime, like poking our head around the locker room. I didn't know him yet. And we were both just like going ape shit about this match. And I was like, I got to get back in. So I started getting in shape, just, you know, maybe, maybe have one more match. And then uh, a week before another show at New South, John Wayne Murdoch had canceled and dumped. Called me and said, Hey, man, I need you to wrestle this weekend. I was like, Oh, 
I haven't wrestled in six years. Oh, you got Christian Hamm. It'll be fine. So I stunk up the joint that night, but I, I woke up two days later and I wasn't uh, paralyzed. So I was like, well, maybe I'll just have a match every now and then. And then I have more matches uh, in that last, like, in the, in the previous, like, seven years than I did in the first ten times two, probably. So it's been a really, really strong and fun run, uh, especially 2019 to 2022. Uh, really amazing stuff. Did you keep up with wrestling at all dur- during your time away? I mean, I would keep up a little bit. You know, I would show up at uh, Pro South every now and then, or if Dump would invite me, Dump or somebody would invite me to a show. Maybe it was Christian Haim, IWE Deep South before uh, there were the shits. And um, uh, I would just do commentary or whatever, but I wasn't really plugged in anymore. People were doing stuff, but I wasn't. I was just doing life. <laughs> what? You, know, you you mentioned a, a decent amount of people you know that we've talked about or have you know talked about on the show pretty often and stuff like scott hensley for for instance did you have you known him like that that long because obviously there's a connection what's the easiest choice you can make window instead of middle seat picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket outsourcing business tasks you hate what about selling with shopify whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. There was Scott running the SCI and SCI and, and action and sup and, and, and new solid kind of every kind of that like ecosystem kind of in like the whole scene. Um, and Scott's somebody who's kind of like an unsung, unsung hero kind of, in my opinion, like someone who I think does a lot behind the scenes for a lot of people and puts on really great shows, but isn't necessarily the one who always gets like credit for that. So, um, so if you want to kind of speak about him a little bit. Well, um, there was a weekly Tuesday night show in North Alabama called Full Throttle Wrestling. And it was right on the Georgia-Alabama line. And you would get some really wacky guys on occasion. You'd have uh, Eric Young, James Storm, Tracy Brooks, uh, Samoa Joe, Chris Hero, um, Sterling James Keenan, which is Corey Graves now, would just randomly show up on a Tuesday night. And that's where I had met Scott, or he was in the crowd and saw me. I mean, there was just a lot of people that were going to that show. Braden Toon was a little kid watching that show and even conrad thompson was going to that show and it's just it's just so crazy because this is like middle 2000s if like maybe 05 06 07 so i mean that show was like a precursor to a lot of like that super indie show i mean yeah there was some like alabama wrestling on the show but i mean you i tagged with samoa joe in on a tuesday night there and uh you know and then you had chris hero there and it's just like what are they doing here? <laughs> you know? All right. And well, now I got to ask, what was it like tagging with Samoa Joe? I know it was 2007. He, he but still 2007 Samoa Joe had a good ROH run and I believe even TNA stuff. But by that point, so what was it like t- teaming with Joe? 
Well, I mean, you know, I had to carry him through the match. <laughs> sure, right, sure, sure. Fair no, enough, fair enough. No, uh, he was actually in TNA at that time, and I think he was working with a he, he was working the Indies with like a bad back, so he was wrestling Insane Lane in a quick one on one. Christian Haim came in and made it two on one. Cabana Man Danny comes out, makes a save. Let's have a straight up tag team match, player. So it was amazing. Uh, Joe Joe was a treat to work with, and I don't even know if he remembers that day. I mean, he probably. He's been everywhere. I remember it really, really well. And, you know, even before the show, he was uh, dropping nuggets of knowledge to people and, uh, you know, just, you know, just, you know, just giving what, you know, he knew. And uh, it was, it was a treat. He's, he is huge in person. He took a picture with me and my wife and like both of us together is not as big as Samoa Joe. And he shook my hand in the middle of the ring. We got a nice picture of that. And it was like, it's like, here's Samoa Joe with this small kindergartner. So it was, it was really cool. <laughs> but uh, that it was, it was great. You know, I got, I got, you know, I, I yeah. I like it. You know, it's, it's something that I get to uh, keep keep on my mind uh, and memories forever in wrestling. And it's just just another Tuesday night at the at Donna's Country Music Barn. That's awesome. Um, there's something else you mentioned is Dump Sanders, who you're a former New South tag team champion with. Obviously, a guy who is very uh, important to New South, as, as are you, um, you know, being a former multiple time, multiple time you know, New South champion yourself. Um, hold that gigantic title belt that if you if you if you'd like actually you know before we get into anything with anyone else if you'd like to speak to that title belt a little bit because i know i've talked to you about it years ago but most people probably don't know the story of like how that belt came to be this gigantic world title belt okay so it was made by brian bearden so if you watch that uh dna era he was the timekeeper and he was their their version of the sweaty oily guy back in the day well he made he made uh some belts back in uh uh, when New South first started. So they had sent Chris McInnes designed the belt, sent him the schematics, I guess. Uh, he cut the plates out, sent the picture back and was like, Whoa, these plates are like one and a half times too big. And it's wrestling. And it's, and dumb Sanders was like, you know what? Fuck it. You know, bigger is better in wrestling. It'll be a story. So it was a total accident. And it's like, you know what? Let's just have the biggest damn belt in independent wrestling and just embrace it. And, uh, uh, they did, and man, that thing is a son of a bitch to carry around in the airports. It always, it always gets flagged. I always have to take it out every time it goes through the uh, X-ray machine. They like swabbed it for bomb residue one time. I'm like, what is happening here? So um, it's, it's. I started just carrying it in a, in a nasty old pillowcase. That way, nobody's gonna steal a title belt if it's in a in a nasty pillowcase. Like we had it under a Greyhound bus, and like the guy unloading everybody's luggage didn't want to touch it because i'm not touching that nasty bag because i got it man so i went and got that so um so yeah it was a crazy thing when i had the the belt for for that year anytime i was wrestling like a black level pro or when i went up to uh, pizza party pro and, and beyond and stuff i would always have the belt because i wanted to show it off because i wanted to be like the the best spokesperson for new south Southern wrestling and Alabama wrestling as I could. And I just carried it around everywhere. I didn't walk out with it if I was going to lose. I, you can come see it at intermission. <laughs> so, uh, uh, and then, then, then like every six months or so that, that goofy picture where I had, where I'm struggling to hold the belt always goes viral either on Reddit or Facebook or Twitter. And, and people don't even know that's me anymore. And it's really funny. That, that is funny. Can, can you, can you speak more to, uh, like your relationship with Dumb Sanders and like uh, guys like Brandon Williams and stuff who like in, in prime time, like guy like long time, you know, really influential, you know, pieces of New South. Yeah. So I met, I met Dump 
when he was uh, wrestling as Triple X uh, with uh, Christian Haim, who was sexual vanilla at the time, and like the most outlaw, like it was, this was back in a this 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 show was called Mickey's, and it was ACW, and it was in the back of a boot store, and I tagged with Buff Bagwell that night, and um, I met I met Dump Sanders there, and this was like maybe two thousand three. So fast forward, we like become friends. We're on shows a lot. And then um, he was the one that, you know, invited me to come to New South to check out what they're doing. And then, you know, I got fully sucked in. And, um, you know, we had the, t- the the fantastic first ever tag team championships of, of New South run. And, um, you know, you know, and uh, worked together a lot, you know, during those times. So he's probably one of the hardest working uh, promoters and bookers in the Southeast, if not all of indie wrestling, because whenever he sends like the summer schedule, it's like almost every weekend we're in a different town, different part of Alabama, or we're in a different bar or a comic con or just high school. So it's crazy. I want to ask about this match, which I'm going to call the, the Housen match okay. where, where it is Dan Housen, Dan, the dad, Effie Warhorse against you, uh, Devin Monroe Housen, megabyte, Ronnie Housen, puff Housen. Please tell me about this match and how it came together and, and any experiences from it. Well, I think uh, Mikey at Black Level Pro was having a very high fever <laughs> and went to sleep one night and then decided to do this uh, Danhausen team versus four other Danhausens. And I, I, I think they announced that match before I was booked for it. And I was like, man, I hope they, I hope they book me for that <laughs> because Cabana Man Danhausen there was like this really bad Photoshop picture of a long time ago. I don't know who made it, but it was like, it was a, a conglomeration of uh, Danhausen, Cabana Man Dan, and Colt Cabana. And it was Colt <laughs> Cabana Man Danhausen. It was just like a, a bunch of broken action figure pieces put together. And I was like, ever since then, I was like, it'd be really cool to be like doing this. And then it happened. And um, it was really wild because the previous time I was at black rebel pro, I was still like the happy go lucky flip flop chop guy. And then fast forward to like maybe two years later, when I come back, I'm like doing the castaway gimmick with the big beard and like totally different look and, uh, Jack and all that. And it was really fun. Um, uh, Dan Housen did, did our makeup along with, um, uh, uh, Kayla and um, another girl. I don't remember their names off the top of my head. Yeah. But I can't remember who the other girl. I remember Kayla doing it though. I for sure yeah. remember her being a part of that because she was she was tweeting about it. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. And we we did that, and it was it was really fun. And like, it was just total like silly match, but it was really fun. Uh, I haven't had a chance to work with um, Warhorse before, and Dan the Dad, and, uh, and Effie like that. So um, it was, and Danhausen, uh, we've worked uh, several times before that, but it was really fun. Dan the Dad is, has been on our show, and he is very fun. And Megabyte Ronnie is a, a friend of the show at this point, I, I would say. Anybody yeah. that does an eating competition with me, I, I'm going to consider a yeah. friend of the show. So just looking at that uh, cast there uh, was very exciting for me. I'm going to have to go back and, and watch that. I did want to you, – you brought up Colt Cabana. Have you talked to Colt and, and ever gotten any advice, been able to, to pick his brain? Because I know he is very uh, respected on the independent scene just for basically everything he's done the scene well we've only met like one and a half times uh i went to one of his uh five dollar wrestling live shows when they were in atlanta uh several years ago and i was like hey if i tell you who i am 
will you punch me? And he's like, no, no. And I was like, I'm Cabana Mandan. And he's like, oh, holy shit. And, uh, you know, we shook hands and stuff. I mean, I haven't had, I didn't really get a chance to like pick his brain because he was getting ready for the $5 wrestling. I and mean, if anything, he was dropping knowledge during the $5 wrestling on what not to do. So uh, that was good. And like, I had a weird thing. I always thought we had heat because back in like the early 2000s, they had an NWA convention in Nashville and I was representing uh, Ultimate NWA and, there was a guy there, and I don't know if this was real or not. He was claiming to be uh, Scrap Iron Adam Pierce's brother. And he's like, hey, you need to change your name because there's already Cabana in wrestling. And I was like, I don't, I, don't, I don't know Colt Cabana. I mean, I'm like a kid at this point, and we both had like the Cabana name at like the early 2000s. Like, I'm just, I'm, we're not even the same. I'm doing like a Hawaiian character. And then uh, I always thought we had heat because of that. And uh <laughs> I guess we didn't because he didn't punch me in the face. And uh, then the next time I saw him was uh, I was doing streamers and ring crew for Ring of Honor. And he was there doing commentary. And I was like crouched by the table, by the commentary table, like collecting gear and streamers. So that's the half meeting was that one. <laughs> we need to clear up. Yes, we need to clear up. If you if you have heat, it doesn't seem like it. You think I don't if think you so. introduce, yeah, If you introduce yourself as Cabana Man Dan, he didn't immediately be like, I'm not talking to you. Then I, I think... <laughs> I think things. No, I i don't think so. And I think even like there was a time whenever he might have been in one of the developmental things with a friend of mine at another show. And the friend of the other guy in developmental was at an Alabama show and he like sent a picture of me to him or something like that. I don't know. This was a million years ago, too. So I'm, there's 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 sillier things to have heat at, uh, with other people in wrestling. So I think we're OK. Now, now speaking of heat, that Uh-oh. that okay. So this uh, this is not this was potential heat that I know isn't heat, and that's why I'm bringing it up. But there is something that's very infamous, something that we've actually it's become like a long going like kind of story arc throughout our show. You've been doing me and Jerry are doing our show together, interviewing a lot of independent wrestlers and stuff over the last how long have we doing this together, Jeremy? A little over a year together, a year and yeah, a half, a year like and that. a half at this point, yeah. And we've interviewed, um, you know. A lot of guys, and, and, and two of them that have come on the show were Dominic Greeny and Kevin Koo. I was live in the building in the basement east when you got hit in the head by Dominic Greeny with a ring bell. And it was the most brutal, just just chill, just the, the vibe of that place changed suddenly with everybody just being concerned as to what the hell was that. And you were the one who got hit. We have not talked to Marco yet. He's the only one in this story. We haven't gotten, you know, his piece from yet in this scenario. But what was that like in that moment? Because it's become like, anytime I bring up that match, they might be Giants versus VIF. The first thing that's brought up is, was that the match with the ring bell? <laughs> Man, the, the first thing was like, that I thought I was like, that really fucking sucked. <laughs> and I don't know what that was. I was like, so I heard him ring the bell. I was like, okay, here we go. I'm about to turn around, you know, and get hit and get hit in the head where I'm seeing a bell coming towards my face. So I know what to do. And the next thing I know, I am uh, on the ground. I mean, I heard the bell. Like, it was so comedic. Like, if you watch a cartoon where someone gets hit with a bell and they have it makes that bell sound like you wouldn't think that would really really happen in real life and it sure did because i have that hard uh islander head but uh i knew that i, I took a second and i was like I, it wasn't even a second i was like i felt i was like yeah but i really need to get hit again in the front because i want to bleed i i, I you know i i got i got I, I'm, I'm gonna bleed and this is how, how i'm gonna bleed 
I got to get hit in the front. So I had to like sh shake it off and it instantly had like a, an egg on the back of my head. I could feel it like instantly. And uh, I had to get up and this was like halfway through the match too. Yeah. So we had a lot left to go. <laughs> so I really couldn't worry about it at that time. Uh, I, I needed to worry about it later. So, <laughs> you know, it happened and we still had business to attend to and, <laughs> We just kept going, and that match is one of – that match is my – I don't know. I have, a, I have so many favorite SUP matches. SUP is like my home away from home. The Basement East is the home away from home, and a place where I shouldn't have gotten popular at was the place where I felt like the most popular at for, uh, for, for, for me. And I, I don't know why, but uh, it's, a, it's a place I miss uh, dearly. And um, – but yeah, anyways, yeah, it, it happened and we, we had to keep going. So that, that that's, there, there's no heat there. It was just more like a, what the fuck? Hey, I'm sorry. I was like, dude, we were just, we were just going wild out there. I mean, if it was just like a regular professional wrestling match and I get hit with a bell like that, that'd be really uh, a reason to be upset. But I got him back with the flip-flops with the tacks on it. Um, yeah. Cause I pressed them uh, pretty, pretty hard into his, into his head. Uh, as hard as I could for, for that time. And uh, until he made me stop. So I, I feel like we were, we, we got a receipt pretty quick on that and kept back, kept back at it. Yeah. Well, and, you know, it was good to know that you guys just kind of like, it was like, it happened receipt, just moved on, no heat going forward. Um, and other wrestlers were more mad about it than I was. <laughs> I, uh, I, I believe, it. I mean, cause I mean, a lot of decisions were made for that thing. Like, I mean, that was the main event. I, rem I remember this very vividly because Mose, who, you know, one of the, you know, I know he's worked for new South as well in the past. Um, but Mose and me were talking during intermission of that show because Ali catch and, and Brett Eisen had just wrestled for this bone storm title. And I was confused. I was like, why did they put the world title or their, the, the bone storm title on the line in the, and it's like such a big match for sup because like Ali catch the heart and soul of the company and threat being the champion he was and everything. And, and Mose was like, just wait till this main event. Like I think this main <laughs> event's going to be pretty worth it. And I was like, Oh yeah, I bet. I mean, I just, I didn't know what to expect. Were you, I know that, I don't know if it was like a few of y'all or just you or a few, like, were you one of the ones who like kind of made the decision on the spot? Like I'm going to bleed tonight. Like I know there was like a, a few of y'all were kind of like deciding what was going to go on during this thing. And maybe some of y'all hadn't even bled before this match and like decided like this was the time. I had never done that. I mean, I've, I've, I've bled like on accident, but, uh, but I've never done a match where everybody's bleeding like that. Like I've never done like death matches or real plunder matches where it can get messy like that. So I wasn't going to at first, but then I was like, you know what, when th this is, this is a program that's been built for eight months we got violence is forever. This is supposed to be, you know, this street fight. There's weapons. There's there's sharp objects out there. There's no glass, thank God. But, you know, let's really make this special. And it was kind of like my own peer pressure. And, I, you know, I had a couple beers. I was like, you know what? Let's do this. I know I have to drive back to my home, pick up my family, and drive to Orlando for a week at Disney. But I got to get color tonight, baby. And uh, so if you if you fast forward and see my family photos for like Monday or Tuesday at Universal rather. I have this big bandage on my head. <laughs> so my wife was real thrilled. But, uh, you know, no, it wasn't. It wasn't going into that day that I, I didn't know I was going to be bleeding buckets. But they made some really damn cool 8x10s because it's like a hardcore CMD. And that wasn't what I was about at the time. And I don't really want to go down that path too often. 
it was worth it though for the for the sure i mean oh yeah man that was that that match is gonna live on forever that was that was at that point that was most, actually to this day i think that's the most brutal match i've been at live you know i've been to some gcw shows where things are pretty wild but that was everything happened there were skewers there was tax to the feet there was tax to the chest from you there was the the bell shot i mean not just the the surface of it i mean little marco stunts blood was all over my sandals dude i mean it was like <laughs> i mean it was it was that was brutal um and also you mentioned this this is pretty topical you mentioned you know thank god there was no glass what's your opinion on using real glass in wrestling <laughs> I mean, you can, I'm not, and please don't do it before my match goes out. And whenever I see it, whenever I see like glass being used and I see it and it happens or thumbtacks before my match, I'm always so pissed off. And like, I'm like running around backstage, like someone better clean that up. I'm ready. And like, I'm like, I, I get heated about it because it's like, whoever like put the car together, realized I'm wrestling after some sort of hardcore match or something that involves glass and you had to put me after it you should put me before that but hey whatever i remember one time there's actually been a few backstage stories i've heard that i won't talk about about people getting really upset about stuff like that um i've heard about well, one person that no one would be surprised but i've heard about low-key getting very upset about these things um it shows um also i've just kind of funny i remember uh one time dr cube they like they they took his big cardboard box and like used it to get all the stuff out of the ring one show because it was like we got to get this out of here now and they didn't have anything else to put all the all the glass and stuff and so they just grabbed grabbed his, his helmet his uh his mask helmet whatever you want to call that and use that to get the ring clean so i thought that was kind of funny i would be pissed too for them I mean, you gotta put that on your head have <laughs> yeah <laughs> get a broom <laughs> greeny greeny mentioned he's like you know, he's done a lot of, a lot of things in his career and he's like, yeah, you know, I don't mind taking some, doing some of the hardcore stuff of the times. Right. He's like, but the tax to the feet glass, like that was the worst thing I've ever experienced. So yeah, imagine doing all of that. And then, or if you have it before the match and it's not cleaned up and you accidentally step on a tack or a piece of glass or something. I have done that. Sucked. Oh, and it just, it, it just takes me out of the match. Like I will stop in my match and just be like, take it off. And like, like just, I just get mad. And then I have to like, turn the switch back on. Okay. Now we got to go back to what we're doing now that I've removed uh, a shard out of my foot. Let's get back to what we were doing. But yeah, it, it totally breaks my character when I'm out there and I'm, it just makes me mad. But oh, I, I could not imagine we I, I have kids and they leave stuff around everywhere. And if I just step on something or trip over something, I'm just completely, I'm like, what are we doing here? Children? <laughs> what are we doing? So I imagine it's very much the same thing. I'm like, all right, there's just a random tack in the, the ring. And, this and it's just here. one. And yeah, that's the worst. Yes. Yeah, that's my biggest fear. Just, like, not even as a wrestler, as a fan watching wrestlers, like within death matches and hardcore matches and stuff. My biggest fear as a fan is seeing someone just catch a stray. Like, like I wouldn't be that concerned. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to do any of it personally. That's why I talk about it instead of getting in the ring, of course. But you know, I, I, I would imagine if you took like a thousand tacks at one time to your back, it would be better than not knowing you were going to step on one tack and it just catching you in the wrong place at the wrong time. Well, I'm determined to be the next action Mike Jackson and the less of that <laughs> that I can have in my matches, the longer my career will be. So there you uh, go. we're fine. There you that's, go. A, that's a good goal right there. Um, I was going to ask you about your experiences at, at GCW. You've made a handful yeah. of appearances for them and especially with the GCW New South shows. So what were the, what were those shows like? Man, it was amazing. Like, Back in January when I wrestled Blake Christian, I mean, 
that you know we saw how much time we were gonna have and it's like Blake is you know he's he's the current champion now if I'm not mistaken Still I mean is, he's a top yeah. guy there and you know we've worked each other and known each other for quite a while in the southeastern scene like we met uh, the first time as uh, extras for Raw in Memphis and that's before that's like right before he really blew up and then you know we worked each other at like Wombat and just like various random shows like tagging and against each other um, but you know he had grown up and matured so much as a, as, as a wrestler to, to January of this year, this is a big match for me. So, you know, I can't be in there and like stink it up. I mean, it was a good, it was a good time to, for my character and, and the direction of, of how I wrestle to meet with a true heel. And that's when you get the best out of me as a true baby face versus a true heel. And we could tell a story and that's, that's, you know, that's what we did. And that's what, it, it was it was a really great uh, great match book by Brett um, is because you have like Mr. Uh, outside of uh, Adam Priest and, and and Mike Jackson you have Mr. Alabama with Cabana Man Dan like three generations of the Alabama guy versus uh, the current top guy and it was really good and then the next night versus Tony Depp and replacing a hurt Brandon Williams and you know I didn't know that I was going to have that match until that day so. That was that was another treat. And it's like Tony Devin's another top guy who's everywhere. So uh, it was back to back, just really banging matches with with, with top guys and really good stories um, in the vacuum of both of those matches too. So I was really pleased with uh, the turnout of both of those. I you know went one and one that weekend, so I was happy with it. Yeah, and the fans really gave you a, a great reception as well. Which I, I, won't, I won't I won't forget about that either because I had I had trimmed down uh, like. 10 pounds for down to 149 that night. And I was like, okay, I look good. I came out and I was like, I was blown away. Like, I was like, yeah, I'll get a good reaction being, you know, who I am in, in Huntsville of all places. But fuck, man, that was a really good reaction. Like during intermission, a lot of people was like, hey, you know, I remember seeing you at Global Championship Wrestling back in 06, or I was there on Tuesday nights in 07. You know, a lot of people that used to go to Alabama shows all came to the first GCW show in Huntsville. And it was just like story after story. It's like, Hey, I met you and I was in elementary school and now I'm graduated with a, from college with married with kids. I was like, Oh, I'm really old because <laughs> I had started when I was 16 and I'm 38 now. So it's like, yeah, someone I've wrestled for people that were children when they met me. So it's crazy. You know, I was, Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jeremy. I was going to ask about being a, a WWE extra. You mentioned doing that with Memphis and with Blake Christian. Was that the only time or have there been other experiences as well? Uh, I, there's two other experiences. Cause I did like a, a Monday in Memphis and a Tuesday in Birmingham in 2019. And then recently this year I did one for in Knoxville for SmackDown. Um, I think back in the summer or, or spring. So it was cool. It's always cool to see how the sausage is made and I don't pass, I don't pass. They're very, they're very thorough on their physicals and I'm, I'm a very beat up wrestler. So, uh, it's just cool to be part of it. And if they have stuff that's not physical, like being, uh, uh, part of the, uh, Adam Rose guys or the, uh, conga line and just being backstage doing whatever I get, I get to do that. Or I did, I did get, I did get a, a sing brother thrown on me a bunch <laughs> one night by Braun Strowman. <laughs> And that was really funny. I mean, I talked to Mr. Man that night too, and that was okay, that was wild. On. Yeah, please you can't just gloss past that. Okay, yeah, you did Vince Man. Who do you ever? What do you ever do? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, like, I'm not star. I'm, I'm not starstruck because we're there, you know, conducting business or whatever. But 
and then you have Vince McMahon walk up to you and you're like, that's that's like the godfather of like of, 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 of professional wrestling as I know it. And, um, you know, he they had they had produced a segment and kind of, you know, said what they wanted to do. So now it's time to present it to Vince. So he's walking up and like, you know, he's told, well, Braun's going to throw the Singh brother on this table right here. And there's two other tables behind us. And he's like looking and he's like, okay. Well, goddamn, can't Braun throw him to a third table in the back? And not really show that, you know, Braun's a you know big deal. I was like, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. But no, we, we had the Singh brother thrown on us. Let's do it again. Singh brother thrown on our table a second time. Someone yelled fuck. And Triple H <laughs> like, you can't say fuck. Do it again. So we just did it a few times with this one poor Singh brother. And then there's like, okay, well, let's do one more with the other brother. And they take that take. So, you know, the, it, it was funny. So, I mean, it, it was really cool. Just it is like a hive of all the production people, whether they're local or the ones that come with them. It's just like, this is like a, a full thing. This is like making movies, pal. So it, it was crazy. It was awesome. Anytime, anytime I can go and just be a part of that, uh, I try to, because it's, it's just, it's just really cool. Yeah. You said, um, you got, you did both the, unless I heard you wrong, you did you do both the conga line for Noah, Noah, Jose and Adam Rose's, uh, no, just, just just the conga line, but just stuff okay. like that we were allowed to do. Um, cool, without doing anything physical. Like I can't go, I you know I wouldn't be allowed to like be squashed by Brock Lesnar, which is fine by me. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, was, we were talking about you know Blake Christian being a great you know current GCW champion. Um, another champion I wanted to to ask you about another guy who got started young. You being at sixteen, another guy who started as a teenager, Hunter Drake, the current New South yeah. champion. Um, he's another guy we've gotten the chance to interview a little while back and um, seeing his progression from Talladega Nights to now has been fantastic. He's also been kind of finding a spot for himself in GCW lately too. And uh, what's like seeing the the progress he's made and where he's at as the new South champion currently. Man, I mean, you know, he, you know, him and Braden Tude shocked the scene by the ending of uh, anniversary eight where uh, Dylan McQueen wins this triple threat cage match. Holy shit the underdog, which everybody was expecting Hunter Drake to really win. So he wasn't the underdog, but Dylan McQueen was kind of like this dark horse. He wins, you know, and then Braden Toon comes out with his uh, signed, sealed, and delivered instant championship match, money in the bag type thing. Uh, he starts blasting people, which is uh, very uncharacteristic of Braden Toon, just hit him like being a jerk. And then he hands it over to Hunter Drake, who cashes it in and pins, uh, knocked out Dylan McQueen. So it was like, it was shocking. So this is a this is a uh, a character turn that nobody was expecting, um, and people were still talking about it. And like me and Hunter Drake, we've only wrestled each other like in a tag match and then at a bar show in the rain. So we haven't had that real one on one experience. Because I was like, "Hey, Hunter, it's raining really bad. We've got some big things coming up. We're gonna have a really damn good match one day. It's just not gonna be today. <laughs> so so we'll probably, especially now that he's." Kind of turned his back on the New South faithful. There could be an opportunity for first-time matchups between Hunter Drake and myself, and myself and Braden Toon. He's, so, bra he's bragging about taking nights off, man. He's he's hanging out with that New South Championship, like not not showing up to shows and stuff. It looks like so. Yeah, you might have to might have to go represent for the company, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dan, as we start to wind down here, uh, my last question and, and something that we ask everybody on this show, uh, the coolest thing in your room. Okay, so the coolest thing in my room 
Well, this is kind of like a like a wrestling related one, and then the non wrestler related one. The not the coolest thing that's in our in my room that's a non wrestling thing is uh, a uh, leopard gecko named uh, Zami that we fostered uh, from some friends that my daughter goes to dance with. They had their house burned down, and they were able to save some of the pets. And Zami, the leopard gecko, was one of them. So we adopted him, and uh, he's really cool. And then on my nightstand, hanging on my um, on my uh, lamp is um, my Young Lions Cup Five medal from Chikara. Uh, I've still got it hanging. Like I've had people try to buy it from me, and I'm just a guy. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sell most of my wrestling stuff or any of my wrestling stuff if I can get away with it. And that was uh, near and dear to me, so I keep it on my nightstand. Um, so uh, that, that that my Chikara medal is a, a big deal, a cool thing to me. I don't know if it's cool to a lot of people, but it's cool to me. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Dan, thanks for joining us uh, here tonight. We really appreciate it. Let everybody know where they can find you at. Yeah. Uh, well, you can find me on X at <laughs> Cabana Man Dan. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at cabana.man.dan. I'm also on Facebook as well. Uh, you can't find me at shows for a few months because I have a torn calf, but uh, I'm healing well. Um, it's also given me time to take care of some other nagging injuries. Like, uh, I had a, had a procedure done to my elbow, just a a nasty injection in my elbow to cure, uh, tennis elbow. And I've got a swollen left knee. So I'm taking a nice deserved break after the last seven years of a 20 year career in wrestling. So, uh, I'll be back soon and Rolando Perez won't know when it's coming and I'm going to beat his ass. So, uh, he, he, he kicked me in the balls at anniversary while I was in a, a boot and beat the shit out of me. So, uh, he's going to get his, whether it's at new South or I might fall his ass to NWA. You never know. <laughs> I was saying Lano Freeman over there. You better watch out of NWA. Yeah, man. I, I, I can't wait to see you return, man. I'm a longtime fan. It was great to have you on the show today, Dan. Um, and I'll always, I value all your work everywhere, but like, I have a real soft spot for like the Southeast and like getting to see you live at like chattanooga and nashville and stuff is like it's a big part of my fandom as like a independent wrestling fan um very important to me so um very important to have you on the show today and um now we just have one more left from that dif versus <laughs> uh they might be a giants match to talk to you about that whole thing we gotta get marco's son on here someday. yeah yeah you gotta you gotta find he's he's hard he's hard to find these days so <laughs> he is he's laying so low you, yeah well you know he can't miss you if you don't go away so he's he's gone away <laughs> right now so we're missing him I, I appreciate you, Dan, because we haven't had too many interactions uh, on X, if you want to call it that. Um, but I've reached out to you a couple of times, like, hey, can you like get me in contact with this person? And you've always been very kind and, and helpful in doing that. So I appreciate that uh, you, you've linked me up with people and helped get them on this show or another show that I do. That's, uh, that's again, big of you because you don't really, you don't know me. You don't know me from anybody else. And you've just been helpful. And I appreciate that you've been helpful to someone like me. So well, I mean, thank you. I mean, y'all have been helpful in the scene of independent wrestling, uh, especially with like the Southeast, whether it was just like sending you reports, whether it's a new South Shore, if I'm doing a spot show in a, a, a elementary school gym for Mike Jackson against Adam Priest for the 20th time this month. I <laughs> uh, just like to, you know, just send stuff out. And, uh, you know, action's another one that, you know, that carries some weight in the Southeast. Uh, so, uh, Southern honor as well. So it's like, there's a lot of unsung heroes in the Southern scene and it, it's just nice for, for some light to get, to get shed on these, on these folks. Yeah. We we're trying. Jensen's going to bat for all of them. So Jensen. will. Oh yeah. Have... 
Well, it's funny. It's funny. I felt bad that it took this long to get you on because we've had like everyone like a Jason and around you on lately too. So it was like the ship away. Like I had kind of all this new South talent. And I kept telling Jeremy, I was like, eventually we got to get Dan on here. Just got to get kind of the right timing. And we'll with Dan, you've been on our list for quite a while. So I'm, I'm very happy this happened. Well, I, I, I appreciate it. And like, man, we could talk for just hours about just, cause I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot like, I was like typing out, you know, just cool people at wrestling. Like, holy shit, you know these these are pe- these are stars before they were stars. Whenever we we locked up, so it was, it was really really cool, really cool stuff. Well, you are you're welcome back anytime. I'm sure we'll have you back at, at some point. But thank you Absolutely. again for for doing this yes, tonight, thank everybody. You the the links are below to to follow and to support Dan. You can check out the description below. Check out the links below. Click those. Thank you again, Dan. Guys, we will be right back here on 